Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who can clap whenever they want. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Like Jamie Fraser? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry about last week. We uh, had some scheduling <laughs> issues. Life has been a, little bit a wild ride these yeah. last two months. A little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, two more days of swim practice and like swim meets, and then I'm done, and I don't have to get up at five fifteen anymore. Yeah, and I'm really excited. I can't wait. I only have thirty four pieces of things to mark from two hundred and thirty five over the last three weeks. So that's a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. This job <laughs> sucks sometimes, man. It really does. Like, I love it, but holy shit. Yeah, it's a lot. We just got two more weeks till winter break, though. No. Oh god. I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm just like. I don't know what I'm going to do with all the free time, but like the Wednesday after Christmas, I'm going to be like, well, I'm kind of bored now, but I'll yeah, get over exactly. it. I don't whatever. know what I'm going to do, but I'm 100% going to waste it. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> so no, I, I've always had these plans. Like we had a fall break and I was like, oh, maybe I'll pay my basement bathroom. Um, and do you know what I ended up not doing? Going into the basement bathroom? Never mind painting it. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't even go into it at all yeah. that week. Yeah. I don't know. I've been saying I was going to paint that for like five years now. Okay. Yeah. So before I move. Because it's, like, this gross orange-pink coral color. It's disgusting. Oh. I didn't do it. Yeah. Clearly, it's just not as important as other things. It's clearly not. Because, like, what I would rather do is watch the same nine episodes of The Office <laughs> over and over and over again, apparently. <laughs> or, like, watch bad Christmas movies. Yeah. That's all I do. Have you heard about the one on Netflix? Like, The Prince? Or it's the so bad. Did you watch it? Yes. Okay. It's great, but it's so bad. I saw if there was, like, a BuzzFeed listicle about it, it's gotta be pretty infamous by this point. Yeah, it's awful. And I loved every minute of it. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just the whole thing. It was just, like, a Nicholas Sparks. It, and that's, what I think, maybe what I like kind of about them, because those all have happy endings, ultimately, at the end, too. Yeah. But, like, it's it's that same way that, like, if people would just, like, say five words to each other at a specific point in time, all of the conflict would be erased, and that's kind of yeah. what I enjoy. But, like... It's kind of been the essence of... Second season of The Crown, too. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, say some words instead of Just say doing some dumb words. shit. Stop cheating on your wife. Like, do your job. Or cheat on your stress. wife, but, like, also be honest about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. exactly. Yeah, it's just, uh, oh boy. That's, yeah. maybe that's why the Nicholas Sparks novels and the idea of the Christmas movie is so popular, because there's just, it's that escapism. Where you're frustrated that people aren't talking to each other, but they still get the happy ending. At yeah, the end. well, that's just it about the it's guaranteed. The Christmas work. movie is like everybody. It's always a happy ending. Like everybody, whatever, except yeah. for like the dumb ex boyfriend. They never get what they want because they're stupid, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like everyone else ends up with like the person they're supposed to be with, and like they, you know, learn the true meaning of Christmas or whatever bullshit, and like. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. And then the snow comes down as they of share course. their first kiss or whatever, like, but it's just slowly it's so, falling. So yes. predictable and it's such a good trope, but it's just like yeah, there's that comfort in that kind of escapism. Are these all white Christians? Generally speaking, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Interestingly, though, um, I think, and I think that part of it is like there's this this notion of like Christmas is like this time to be with family, right? And like yeah, so you make the. You make the journey home, or whatever, to be with family. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've always wondered how it works when, like, you know, you've got like a married couple, and like she's from like Indiana and he's from 
I don't know, South Carolina? Like, how do you decide? Um, it's all a compromise. It's yeah, all scheduling. It's all a compromise. We're doing three Christmases in 1.5 days. That seems insane. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky because you don't have to go that far. Like, really. Do you want to hear what it is this year, though? I would love to hear <laughs> what it is. Friday, we're driving to Calgary, getting a hotel. Friday morning, we're seeing an old friend uh, who has two babies now. Friday afternoon, it's Chris with, uh, Christmas with... You mean Saturday? Or Saturday afternoon, sorry, yeah. It's Christmas with um, husband's brother and mom. Saturday evening, housewarming party, friends Christmas in Sylvan Lake. And then the next day is Christmas in Red Deer with my sister and father-in-law. Wow. Like it's, and then we're like done. And then it's all done. (laughs) And you're done like before actual Christmas. Yeah, essentially. There you go. Yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. Our Christmas is just, I'll go stay at my dad's for a couple of days and eat some food and read some books. Yeah. And that's it. That, I do envy that. It's nice, I'm not going to lie. I just don't know what it'll take for me to, like, just, like, sit still in a place. To not be the one who moves. When you have a child, you'll yeah. be like, if you want Christmas with me, you can come and see me. Mm-hmm. That would be 100% what I would do. Well, I would use... Not that I will ever have a child, but if I did have a child, I would excuse. use that baby to get out of fucking everything. Oh, 100%. And, like, a friend of mine, she's got a... I don't know, he's gonna be... He's, like, seven months old now, I think? Mm-hmm. Six, I don't know. Six months old? Um, they're going down south to see, like, southern Alberta to spend Christmas, the whole Christmas with her husband's family. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, his parents are split, so there's in Vulcan and in Pincher Creek. No, not okay. Pincher Creek, Picture Butte. So there's, like, you know, different... They got two Christmases there, and then, but they're, so they're doing Christmas with her family the weekend before. Yeah. And they made that decision last year that, like, no, we're just going to do this. One year we'll spend it in Edmonton, one year we'll spend it yeah. out of town, and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you fucked that one up. I was like, you could have just had Christmas at your house. Mm-hmm. And been like, we have a baby, we're not going anywhere. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't want to have all the family over. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shit show either way. But I, I figured... Because either you're hosting, yeah. or... You're constantly moving around. But I figured that, like, because a friend of mine who lives in Calgary, she's got two kids now. She's got a four-year-old and an eight-month-old. And she's like, we can't go anywhere for Christmas. Mm -hmm. She's like, with two kids, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. So if, she's like, if our families want to see us for Christmas, they have to come to Calgary. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. And that's what their families are doing now. Or we could just, like, fuck off and, like, move to New Zealand. Yeah, or just, like, not have Christmas with anybody and just like be like no <laughs> well I still want to see people well yeah but is it, why Why does it have to be like on like do you know what I mean it doesn't have to be on Christmas well yeah it's coming from someone who's like been a part of a di- divorced family since 92 there's never an on Christmas it's yeah. always before it's always after like it's never it's never the day the yeah. day doesn't matter. For us, it's always on, been on the date, but, like, yeah. it's never not needed to be on the date either, yeah. right? So, yeah, we just, like, we go to my aunt and uncle's on the Christmas Eve because it's my uncle's birthday. Okay. And so we do the thing, and they have, like, an open house, essentially, and then there's, like, Christmas carols, and then we go home, and then, yeah, just, like, hang out at home for a couple of days. That's very nice. Yeah, it's, like, nice and low-key. I'm not going to complain. That's very nice. Yeah. It's the joys of not having siblings. But I'm so and excited to spend time not, with my nieces, though. And also not having, like, a partner, because then there's no compromise involved in my Christmas. 
Like, the biggest compromise involved in my Christmas is, like, okay, we'll eat dinner at 7. Cool. Like, it's just, it's very much like, all right, whatever time the turkey goes in. <laughs> but not this, like, none of the compromises are particularly terrible. Like, I'm very excited to see this friend who had two babies. I'm very excited to, like, go to my friend's housewarming party. Like, yeah. It's just all of the time is very scheduled. Yes. Which does suck. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to, I can't remember who I was talking to about Christmas break, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to spend 10 days pretty much, like, not talking to people mm-hmm. once all that's over. Great. Except for when we get together and watch Leap Year. And oh, I'm so excited for that. Talk about that on here. We so, should do Leap Year and then something else just to have, like, something in the can. In the can. Okay, yeah. we're going to apologize in advance for that Leap Year episode, because, like, I'm oh, going to no. have to stop that movie so many times to just yell about things. <laughs> No, we can't stop it. It's just got to play through. Uh, Otherwise, it'll be three and a half hours. It will be. And I don't even know how many megabytes that is. Like I don't know. Too many. Too many. <laughs> Sorry, too my friends. Too many for what Leap Year is worth. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> leap Year is worth approximately two megabytes, and we're going to give it like at least 100. So, <laughs> Oh, maybe we're like Peter Torelli when we give things more than they're worth. Mm. What a segue into hockey, Megan. Let's do it. Um, so the Oilers are, I don't know, it's Sunday morning, P.S., by the way, Sunday the 10th of December. Um, the Oilers played last night, they beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-2, to two, I think? I watched the whole game and I honestly don't remember. Um, but, before we all, like, plan the parade again, it was just the Habs, and they're really bad. <laughs> just, you just, I mean, it's good that the Oilers won and they got a bunch of goals, like, those are good things, but... And goals from... And goals from not random people. Yeah, yeah, goals from like from you know second line and and third line and third fourth line, line guys yeah. and stuff. Well, that's great, but it's just the Habs and they were so bad. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Um. Yeah. So anyway, they're still below five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, people are still eating beets. People are still eating beets when they lose. We didn't have to eat beets last night, so good job, Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading on Twitter the other day that uh, he thinks that he can smell beets like all the time now because he eats them like oh, so God. often. Yeah. And like beets aren't great. Let's be honest. No, here. pickled beets are delicious, but like regular beets, no thanks. And he's just eating a can of, of like them. not warm beets of just cold canned beets. Yeah, like I can't think of anything more. Like I feel nauseous right now thinking about. Oh. Yeah. No. No, I know it's gross. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's the thing that's happening. And it's just been interesting. I got really angry yesterday with the pregame for the Oilers rig, and I got really angry at the team. Just all, because I looked at the lineup, and I was just like, fuck this noise. I was just so mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what it was that set me off, but I almost flipped this here, your kitchen table. <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. Um, and so I, I wrote a little angry rant to someone that I then toned down the language for to put in my game. Details. But, like... Very barely I, toned it down. <laughs> I just didn't swear. Like that was literally. I just took the f bombs out, and that was it. I didn't like do anything. But I was just so mad at this stupid fucking team. Because mm-hmm. like, you listen to what you know the media guys are saying, and you listen to what management and coaching are saying, and they're going on and on about like, wow, well, we're not burying our chance. Well, yeah, because you have a shitty fucking team. Mm-hmm. Like your roster's not good enough to, to win. Support it, no. Your roster's not good enough to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, God, no. Or, like, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who's the next game on this road trip after the Leafs tonight. Like, it's just, fuck, it's just so frustrating because they could have been so much better. Yeah. And, like, 
I'm not, I'm still mad about the Taylor Hall trade for like reasons that I feel bad for Taylor Hall, but like as I've said before, he's free, so it's probably better. He's been set free. Yeah, we, and he's, we wouldn't tra- we wouldn't trade him back because our Twitter said he's gone now. He's, he's gone. In a better place. He's in a better place. Yes. People appreciate him there. They're struggling right now, but he's in a better place. Yeah, no, he, whatever. He, it's fine. <laughs> he's in a better place, and he's not under the same scrutiny that he was under here. And yes. I think that's good for that's everybody. Good. Um, but, like, that trade was unfucking necessary mm-hmm. And then the Jordan Everly trade, like, I'm actually, surprisingly, and not being a Jordan Everly fan, really, at all, more angry about that one than I was about the Taylor Hall one. The Taylor Hall one, like, made me very sad. I was very emotional about it. But the Everly trade made me mad. Just because logically it makes no sense. It makes absolutely zero fucking sense. Jordan Everly's on pace for, like, 35 goals this season, and Ryan Strom's on pace for 32 points. And, like, obviously just call it what it fucking was and call it a salary dump. Yeah. So that you could sign Chris fucking Russell to now play on your top pair because your defense core is decimated by injury yet again. Yeah. And then somebody on TV yesterday said something about how... um, Last season, some people would have argued that Adam Larson was the best defenseman on the Oilers, and I was like, I don't even think Adam Larson thought Adam Larson was the best defenseman on the Oilers. So it's like everybody knows last year that it was Sakura and Clefbaum. Yeah, probably Clefbaum, to be perfectly honest. But I was just ah, oh, they're just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then like watching, you know, watching them get up for nothing yesterday, I was like, okay, yeah, they're scoring some goals. And then it was, I think, it was five four one. And then it was 5-1, and then it was 5-2, and I was like, oh yeah, here it comes. And it, I was, here comes the research. And then, and then, there were Classic some... Classic sh- 2010 Oilers. I know, right? <laughs> and there were, some, there were some shifts in the third period where, like, like, Brassois played on, like, made some great saves, and if he hadn't, that would have been, like, a it, 6-5 yeah. game. Again. And, like, they're just, they're just not quite good enough. Yeah. And it sucks. I want them to win a Stanley Cup. I just don't want it to be like you know I want them to win a Stanley Cup I would like my team the team that I've been cheering for my entire life to be like Good. better than they are yeah um I'm not quite ready to like be a Browns fan so like I don't want to just you know go into every season expecting mm-hmm. you know but like fuck they have the best player under 30 in the world mm-hmm. on their team and they've pissed away his entry level contract yes they have fucking pissed it away because of heavy hockey and I texted you yesterday and I was like I was just really angry again <laughs> yesterday while I was watching the game and like the Oilers traded away Taylor Hall for Milan Lucic and even though that's not what it'll say in the transaction record that's 100% what it was Adam Larson was like Adam Larson was the signing and Lucic was the trade yeah and that sucks it super sucks yeah because at some point and I think it's coming real quick Lucic is not gonna be get any better well no and he's one even small injury away from being totally ineffective oh. and he's bordering on totally ineffective <laughs> right now well in my pregame yesterday i was talking about brendan gallagher who like he plays with a little bit of edge he's a little bit chippy or whatever but like he can skate and he's got good hands and like he can actually score on his own merit and not waiting for like Connor mcdavid to pass on the puck yeah um and then Matt Burns, our friend of the podcast, Matt Burns commented on my, he's like, I like Angry Megan. And I was like, oh, she was real angry. Angry Megan has been a staple since, I don't even know. I've always been, you know, like. Like, like since time memorial. You know like. how, like, the Hulk, that's his superpower? That's kind of also mine. I just don't turn into a big green monster. I just kind of let it. You are wearing a green sweater. I am. Right? It's game day. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, I worked last week. So, do it again. Oh, yeah, I forgot about your superstitions. Friday and Sunday. 
Yeah. But like, uh, yep. anyway, that's I. That's all I got. The Oilers are dumb. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's dumber than the Oilers? Ooh, professional writers. Wait, professional hockey writers association. Yes. There we go. And just like hockey media in general. Yes. So. <laughs> I don't even know which one you want to start with because they're all shit. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's go back and, and just for, you know set it up. Let's remind everybody that uh, Mark Spector of uh, Sportsnet, mm-hmm. formerly of the Edmonton Journal, um, is the president of the Pro Hockey Writers Association, and I think this is a really important point. Yes, because a couple weeks ago, ten days ago, whenever, nah, a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, it was like right at the end of November. Um, Mark Spector president of the Pro Hockey Writers Association said that if he was a GM he would trade a mentally weak player like Jordan Everly. President of the Pro Hockey Writers Association. That makes me rage. And I'm not, like I said, not even a real big Jordan Everly fan, but like I wanted to go buy a Jordan Everly Islanders jersey right then and there. So like, let's talk about that for just a second. I'm, I'm speechless. Let's talk about that it one for a minute, so and then it'll angry. it'll help to set up the other two, kind of. Right? Okay. So so disregarding the irony right now. Yes. And just focusing on that statement. Yes. Okay. So like, how who who decides that someone is mentally weak? What does mentally weak mean? Yeah. Like, can't take criticism from the local media shitting on you for seven years, mm-hmm. and finally you're just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's mentally weak. No. But also, he didn't choose to leave. He no. was forced to leave. Yeah. Like someone that we know. Uh-huh. And in new circumstances in which they've never played before, they have a refreshing... And seems to be flourishing. Yes, refreshing change of environment and are flourishing, it seems, personally and professionally. Yeah. I wonder if they could possibly reflect on one of the many influences in which led them to that point. Yeah, and the comments, I think, that Everly made in that interview, because did we address that the last time we recorded? I think, I think so, yeah. might have. He said that, like, it's hard not to pay attention, is ultimately it's what he said. everywhere here. It's and then, everywhere. And then you got, like, mitten stringers, like Maddie and Spectre and these guys and David fucking Staples. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, TFS. I've almost just forgotten about him until right now. <laughs> Um. Uh, anyway, you've got these guys, and they're just like, "Wow, they they shouldn't pay attention to the criticism," and it's like, then maybe. Then why are you writing it? Then why bother? Yeah, like why bother writing? Why cast aspersions on their character? And why like talk about their fucking practice habits? Drew Remenda, like just it's so infuriating because like we talk about this a lot about the irony of how worked up people get about watching these like overgrown children play games and get paid for it, mm-hmm. but like. We also forget that they are people. Mm-hmm. Like, they are human beings with families and livelihoods and interests outside of the sports. Shocking. And things like, I don't know, self-esteem. Yeah. And things like, I don't know, mental health as an overarching idea as every human does. Yeah. And why the fuck would you want to stay in a place or why the fuck would you flourish in a place that constantly denigrated you? How could you do that, Mark Spector? Oh, because your ears are fucking closed. Yeah, and you just don't care. Like, you just, you, you are, and, and the, the guys that are making the, the criticisms of, of these players are just so, the, the lack of self-awareness, mm-hmm. collective self-awareness is like, 
mind-numbing. Do you think they perceive themselves to be of perhaps higher importance or higher influence or, or something? I'm not sure how to frame it than the players themselves. Like the media guys? Yeah. yeah. Like they think that what they say matters more than what the players do? Or? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I think, well... Like without the media guys... Yeah. What the players do wouldn't make sense. Like, uh-huh. they feel that they are utterly integral to the idea they of do. professional hockey. They do feel that way, and I think that's part of the problem. Um, because these professional... And I don't think it's just professional hockey. This is, like, this is, the, this is the avenue through which we know the most of this, right? Yeah. But I think the problem lies with that, like... I don't think you go into to journalism without being a bit of a narcissist. Right. Because I think that there, for, for lots of people, and, and the people that I'm specifically thinking of, I feel like the personas that they have developed and displayed ha, ha, yes, is going to prove me this. correct, yeah. um, is that they think that their shit doesn't stink right. at all. And that nothing they can do, that everything they do and say is like beyond reproach. Like that they can't be held to any kind of accord for it. Um, and so they'll say things about a player and they'll call a player mentally weak and they'll talk about their practice habits and they'll talk about whatever, not considering the fact that like these players that they're, it's their job to cover them. And Mm -hmm. and I can accept that, but that they are also human beings and Mm -hmm. that they are people with like agency and feelings and families. And I think that like, I mean, I can't imagine that Jordan Everly spent time looking through Mark Spector's Twitter feed. No. To be like, what's this dick knuckle saying about me? <laughs> but. Dick knuckle. It's a good one. What an image, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Di- what is that image? <laughs> dick knuckle. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Continue. I don't know. I don't Continue. remember where the first time I heard that was, but I really like it. Um, it's a, it, it, it works. It's <laughs> perfect. But, like, I'm not, I, I can't imagine that Everly was like, oh, I wonder what this guy said about me, and what did this guy say about me, and oh, fuck, David Stables hates me today, too. That's not what happened. But these guys have families. Yeah. They have agents, right? And and that's people's jobs is to, like, pay attention to that kind of stuff. And they're not, these people are not, like, democratically elected officials. They are beholden to you and no. accountable to you as an individual. No. Like, And if a goalie doesn't Jesus want to fucking Christ. talk to you on game day, just leave him alone. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people before work either. Like, there are times when I get into work and I'm just like, I don't know if the rain cloud over my head tells people to leave me alone, but I'm just like, I'm not in the headspace to talk to people just yet when I get there. Yeah. And that's a good thing. I'm glad. Um, but they do a job that's, like, in the public eye. And, I mean, so do the reporters. And this is, I guess, the other thing, is the reporters also do a job that's in the public eye. And so, to me, the fact that lots of them can't take the same kind of criticism that they dish out to the players is... It's not shocking in any capacity whatsoever, but... It's infuriating. It is infuriating, because here they are, you know, casting aspersions on these guys' personal lives and, you know, mental health statuses and all of these kind of things. And, like... Oh, that makes me so fucking And angry. yet, when you, like, make a comment that, like, oh, P.S., you suck at your job, they get really angry. Yeah. Like, really angry. Because they're not trying to get better. No. They believe everyone else and that they have the lens into criticizing someone to make them get better. So... And yet, they refuse to do the same. So yesterday, I guess there's, like, three things to talk about. Because this is something that just happened yesterday and there was some backlash this morning. 
Um, yesterday during the, the Oilers game, um, it was a Hockey Night Canada game, so it was called by Paul Romanuk and Gary Galley, who let's not even talk about how bad he is at his job, and Paul Romanuk fucks up all the time when he's calling games. Okay. He's got a good voice, but he fucks up all the time when he's calling games. Um, he was talking about Mike Camilleri's, the, the time in between Mike Camilleri's, like, last goals, which he's already scored four this season. Like, first one with the Oilers was yesterday, but he scored three more. Um, but Romanuk said that Camilleri had, like, a 37-game goal drought. Oh. Uh, and so Bruce McCurdy, who writes over at Cult of Hockey, and who I don't always agree with when, with what he says about the others, sometimes I'm just like, Bruce, you're just a doddering old man, stop. But other times I'm like, oh, that's a very good point. Um, he uh, just made a, a comment, was like, you know, I wonder where Paul Romanuk's getting his stats from, because this is incorrect. And then Ryan Rashog was just like, oh, Bruce, are you perfect in your copy? Maybe you should just send him a little, a quick, instead of a public call out on Twitter, maybe you should, and I was just like... What the fuck, dude? Also, Twitter is not, like, PR. No, and also, Ryan Rashog, instead of publicly calling Bruce McCurdy out on Twitter, maybe you should send him a private message and be like, hey, Bruce, what the fuck are you doing? Like, but still, it doesn't matter. You, like, you're allowed to say that yeah. someone is, has made a mistake. Made a mistake. And he wasn't, he wasn't calling into question, like, Romanek's abilities, generally speaking, even though perhaps maybe he should have. Um, but, like, he was just like, I wonder where he's getting his data from, because this is incorrect. Right. And he wasn't even saying, Paul Romanuk was wrong. He was just saying, the I wonder... The data might be wrong. Or the source of his data yeah. might be wrong. Yeah, and so I'm not 100% sure, sort of, like, what... God, they're so sensitive. Right, so anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, the amount of times in a week where I'm wrong, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, shit, that is wrong. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and you just apologize and that. get over it. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, if a kid, if I... Because there's times in a day where you fuck up. You, if it's social, not you me. say a wrong thing. <laughs> if it's social, you say a wrong thing. Sometimes there's a spelling mistake on a slide, because mm-hmm. sometimes you're just in a fucking rush. And if a kid said to me, oh, I think that's wrong, and I said, I don't... What would you... What would even be the equivalent to return to them about that? Um, well, then you just throw your degree in their face. That's, like, the only thing you can do. If you're gonna, like, I, be I a dick about it. No. I know. But, I know. like, it, that is so unnecessary. <laughs> An so, unnecessary reaction. So, Rashog's actual words were, maybe a quick mention to him on Twitter giving a heads up he had a bad stat. As a courtesy among industry professionals, as opposed to a public slap upside the head, or is your copy clean 100% of the time? That is so just, unnecessary. Like, unnecessary, and also, like, why are you being... Oh, such a dick. God, people like, say women are emotional. Good lord. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. How many fucking wars have been started by women? Zero. <laughs> just saying. Ugh. Anyway, so that was like the one thing. And that was just like a little tiny thing yesterday. Um, keeping in mind, that was, and that was just yesterday and I saw it and I was just like, Ryan Rashog, why are you wrong all Wait, the is time? Wait, is it, is it always driven by someone in like... Edmonton. Just because listening to Punk Puck Soup for the last three weeks, so she's like, they're all, they're just talking about my town, man. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> hey, you should have us on your show to talk about our town. We could say more things about it than you can. Because we live here and we hate this the stuff that you hate as well. Um, no, it, was, it might be always about Edmonton. So then also, there was like, what else was there this week? Was there four fucking shenanigans? Cassie's. Right. <sighs> Did Cassie ever say anything? Nope. Just... Just rolled with it. So here, okay, so As here's a the woman thing. does. Uh-huh. So here's the thing. You have to, like... 
so like when we've sort of talked about this at times about certain issues or whatever and i think that like we can all agree that in most industries women are held to a higher standard than Mm -hmm. men are men are allowed to fuck up an awful lot more than women are in most settings I have to agree with Broadcast that. journalism is especially one of those settings. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, who was a three-time Olympic gold medalist, um, or three-time Olympic medalist, I think, she won the, I think she won the silver the first time. Uh, three-time Olympic medalist and, like, seven-time world, world medalist. Um, one of the best female hockey players that's ever mm-hmm. played um, the game. She's been working for CBC, now Rogers, um, on Hockey Night in Canada for, like, 11 years mm-hmm. and last weekend she called the game between Calgary and Edmonton for Hockey Night Canada on a national broadcast because that was the job that she was asked to do by her employer mm-hmm. after Rogers. assigned after assigned so she did it um and she's not maybe the best color commentator in the game but I would listen to her over a whole bunch of other ones uh, like Gary Galley mm-hmm. and Drew Remenda, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody else in sports that employs. Um, and she's also not even like the main color person. No, she's in in her intermission and yeah, oftentimes she's breaks. not. Oftentimes she's, she's not, not doing the broadcast. She's for the broadcast, but she happened to be doing color uh, with Dave Randorf on last Saturday night, and it was a game between Calgary and Edmonton, and. Uh, Member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, Ken Campbell. Can we talk about the idea of a Professional Hockey Writers Association, though? We can. Because that's very funny. Um, <laughs> again, this is the same organization that Mark Spector is the president, is the president of. This, the standards are so high. Um, he, he, Ken Campbell, who is not related to Cassie Campbell, um, basically said something about how he thought it was inappropriate that she was calling this Flames Oilers game on a national broadcast because her husband, Brad Pascal, is one of the assistant GMs or the, the assistant Flames, GMs yeah. of the Flames. I watched that game. She was not biased at all. Uh, she got, I think, a little bit excited when the Flames came back, as pretty much everybody would have, because they were down 6-1. to one. Um, You know, and you could hear a little bit different emotion in her voice, but she wasn't biased in her call. No. Uh, she was, like, the consummate professional. She said shit on national TV, which and was... And that wasn't called out. And that wasn't that called out. That wasn't called out. And she kind of laughed about it. That was the best thing that happened that whole game. That was amazing. Um, but it was this this perceived conflict of interest and impropriety with, because of her relationship with one of the executives of the team that she was covering. And that was his criticism. The perceived idea. Yes. The optics. The optics of the it all. The optics of... Bias. So then he issued an Not apology that, there wasn't. that wasn't an apology, no. and he didn't. He refused to apologize because he didn't feel it was necessary. And in my head, I was like, "Motherfucker, you wrote five hundred words justifying your actions. Obviously, you f- you know you fucked necessary. up." Yeah. Anyway, so on puck soup, <clears throat> they talked a lot about it, and I found myself agreeing with both of them. With Greg, shockingly. I know. Because I got in a fight with him about it last weekend on Twitter. And yeah. I was like, ah, and then we finally, like, got to the same point. And I was like, okay, fine. Maybe, maybe you're not wrong. Um, but, like, I was just really annoyed with the, all the whole thing because, and for, like, a very simple reason. Because, like, Ray Ferraro, who's a very good color guy, mm-hmm. people made a big deal about him, like, calling a game 
And what a that pleasure. His, what a pleasure it was he gets to call his son's first game privilege. with a new team. And that he's the one who broke the news of his son signing in Minnesota and, like, yeah. all these things. And I was like, wait a second. That is also a conflict of interest, no? Yeah. And, like, Louis DeBrest does color, and his son plays in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Colin Campbell was the fucking, like, director of player safety. And his son was playing with the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, influencing decisions about what was happening with, with like, discipline and yeah. whatnot. Um in like emails that we have public record of and I didn't see Ken Campbell making a stink then because it's all it's all nepotism in the NHL and we know why this one was called out yeah we know why 100%. even though he refuses to say that it was a gendered issue he called it he says maybe there's an inherent gender bias in my in my words yeah that's you're fucking, a sexist that's fucking sexism bro <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you like you don't say maybe you say yes there's a reason why yeah. that you chose this that scenario. situation to be the one that you publicly discuss yes. and I hate this like distrust of women like I've heard people say that coming from all sides of gender here that they don't like listening to Cassie's voice mm-hmm. I'm just like yeah but you realize that that's yeah it's an this inherent systemic yeah <laughs> negative reaction and I try to ask why they said, well, I, I just don't like her voice. Like, they can't come up with an actual reason why that's, they don't like her. No, and that's the same thing when, when people would criticize, like, Hillary Clinton for being shrill. It's not that she was shrill. It's that her voice wasn't masculine enough. Yes. Right? Cassie Campbell doesn't have a, a deep voice in any capacity. But she's... She's real, damn good at her job. She's good at her job, and she's smart. Yes. And, like, that should be really legitimately all that matters. And is in that some she can... situations, I'd say most, she's played more fucking hockey than any of those guys in the goddamn room. Oh, I... There's to say 99% of the time. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, she is the expert. And let's be real here. The, the hockey that she played when she was... Especially when she was playing with the national team. Like, she would be playing with the national team and, like, working another job to support herself because the national team didn't pay any money. No, yeah. And the guys that are playing, are, are covering hockey now, who used to play, got to play. That was their job. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, and she, I think she's good at what she does. Me too. And I think we need more women doing that. Uh-huh. And not just, like, sitting at the desk on Sports Center or whatever. I, like, I want them sitting at the broadcast desk on, which is why I like watching the Devil's broadcasts on yeah. MSG, because they have... They have three females. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and I just, I think that there's something about that that's that's really great. But, like, just to have this, all this, and all these people, like, oh, this wasn't an issue, a gender issue. It was a fucking gender issue. It absolutely was. And it was, it was the phrasing that he used, like, it was just this, like, this, like, pernicious little, like, worm, you know? And I was just like, fuck, I was so mad about, I was, I think I was more mad about that than I was with the Oilers yesterday. But I, like, I held it in. Because I didn't want to, like, write the rant and have people, like... And have people chalk it up to, like, that time of the month. Because oh, then I would have just murdered someone. And then, yeah. Um, so I was just like, I'm not. And I waited and I wrote something about it on Monday. Yeah. And I was finally just like, yeah, you know what? No, this is not okay. And, like, if Ken Campbell can't realize that he's part of the problem, yeah. someone needs to remove him from his position. Like, that's bullshit. Because the Hockey News is not a publication that's exclusive to the NHL. No. There's a whole bunch of hockey that the hockey news could potentially cover if they chose to, that isn't NHL hockey and isn't men's hockey. And there's some really good hockey. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, nah, we don't care. And that sucks. Yeah. 
It really, really sucks. How many women are a part of the Professional Hockey Writers Association? I'm not sure. We can look it up, but not right now. Because I'm afraid if we look it up right now, my computer will be like, and we're dead. I'm not sure. But I know that Mark Spector is the president, and that's an important thing to remember. Is that a elective position? I think it's it's a it's an internal vote, I think so, yeah. Well, yeah. So the picket... <laughs> can you... Can you imagine if we voted on? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Mark Spector is the president? Can you imagine what the other candidates were like? Was it literally like a cardboard cutout of <laughs> Leonard Nimoy? Like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Like I don't understand who else it was. Like you know, like I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It was like the ghost of Foster Hewitt, and like, <laughs> like I just. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but yeah. So <laughs> that was annoying. That was really stupid and annoying. And you know what, you're right, Cassie didn't say anything, and good for her. Yeah, because it is not, this is not a Cassie issue. No, and if, but, it if, but if she says something issue. about it then, then what's she, then the, she only has one option if she says something about it, and that option that she has is to, um... Is to say that... Yeah, there's a conflict of interest, and I won't call Calgary, National Calgary Games again. That's the only, that, that, that is her only course of action. No. Hate it. Yeah, I know, but that, that's what I mean. Like, if she if she says something, like, there's nothing else she can say. There's no other possible way to to say anything without it being, um, without her having to ultimately admit that oh, Ken Campbell's no. right. There's something called notable members and then lifetime members. Ugh. For notable members, I see one female name, and there's about who's the, 20 people listed. Who's the, Sarah McClellan okay. for the Arizona Republic. Okay. Oh. Are there any female lifetime members of the uh, I'm trying Pro to Hockey Writers Association under the direction of Mark Spector? Um, I think there might be one. Helen Elliott? Oh, yeah. There's one. She's good. I like her. Um, One. Awesome. That's great. Fabulous. Good job. And I I would bet you, I don't know for sure. I'd have to look up at who all these people are. But I'm going to guess that the membership is approximately 99.8% white. Yeah. Well, it includes people that we like, like Bruce Arthur. Mm -hmm. But it also includes people like Ken Campbell and Damian Cox. Ugh! And other people. Um, Steve Simmons. Oh my god. So the standards must be really low then. A lot of these are Edmonton people. Gross. Like, what's up with that? Um, people say that Edmonton, like, isn't a big market, but... Edmonton's a huge market. It's a huge market. Um, uh, so that was a thing. And then, um, Kurt Levins from the Cult of Hockey wrote this article about the like halcyon days of his childhood ultimately um and how much better it was to talk about hockey back in the day and the line in that when you were talking to other men the line in that that bothered me more than anything was like i think my sister even participated and just the way that he said it was sort of like and we let her and like he he didn't actually say that but that's how it read to me and i was just like (sighs) anyway and then your the question is why are you including that yeah Dependent clause. Yeah, like, why not just be like, you know, my brothers and sister used to, like, that's the better way to phrase that. My siblings. My siblings, whatever, who cares? And then and they, like, even made... my sister. As if it's yeah. special. Uh-huh. As if it's Surprising somehow. Yeah. 
So that was part of it. <laughs> but he also talked about, like, this time when, like, ultimately it was, like, this time when men were men. Like, it was just such fucking bullshit. Well, that's, like, how on Twitter you'll see that picture come up from an old Tumblr post of, like, when people fucking dunk on each other on Tumblr. And it's, like, the two people sitting at, like, a diner with a milkshake mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's, like, the good old days. And people are, like... You can still get milkshakes, and there's still fucking racism. Like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what else you want to go back to here. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go back to, like, separate entrances? Like, it, yeah, exactly. Segregation? That's your good old days? But, like, yeah, I don't know what Kurt Levins is going for. And so listening to Puck Suba kind of, like, I, I was I was pleased that, that I was on <laughs> the side of the right again on that one, because I read that article, and I was just like, okay, I understand he's not a journalist. He's a columnist, and it's more opinion-based, and I get that. Like, there is a difference and a distinction. Um, but, but there's something called tone deafness. Yeah, and how does the Edmonton Journal allow shit like that, like tripe like that, to be published? Like, it's garbage. Their hockey coverage is garbage. Like, I don't know They why. allow one of their columnists to make up his own stats <laughs> and then, like, grade players on them. So I'm going to give you three David Staples out of four? Like, fuck right off. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if we did that at work? Oh. And just decided all of a sudden, here's a new scale that we're going to mark kids on. It's going to be hippos and giraffes. Like, that's essentially <laughs> what it is. Like, Unfortunately, for support, you're three hippos. Ah, uh, like, uh, yeah, but not understanding, four giraffes. Good job, Timmy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, like, something that would happen on a John Oliver sketch, not, like, the In real world. Yeah. But, like, ah, uh, just our local media is so fucking infuriating. And then, and then, I think the part of it that bothers me the most is that, like, I got into this conversation with Jack Michaels, mm-hmm. um, but I, the part of it that I think that, for, that is so troublesome is, like, the people that sit and work on stuff on their own time, whatever, um, and are bloggers, and some have been hired by organizations, and some have been hired by teams, whatever, I would argue that the work that they're doing is, like, leaps and bounds ahead of what the journalists are doing. Yeah. And the journalists, going back to what we talked about like when we started this, I think that the journalists feel like they feel like they're kind of beyond reproach but I also think they're starting to feel that like the people who are in this like non-traditional media whatever and whatever form that takes are eventually coming for their jobs which they are which they 100% are and and they they should should. because they're better yeah they're so much better like I would rather listen to um like a panel ultimately rather than a fucking sportsnet panel of like just like I don't know down goes brown and Lozo just ripping on stuff on TV for an yeah. hour before a game. That would be amazing. It'd be so much better than mm-hmm. the tripe that we get, and like Ron McLean trying to like police the conversation. Like who and Nick Kiprit. Like just stop. Mm-hmm. Just make it go away. But I think what ends up happening is you have this media community that are finally realizing that like this new media is taking over, mm-hmm. and I think that some of them are are. Are they're threatened afraid. by it, yeah. And I think the other thing is they don't they don't trust what those guys do because they're not doing like the unpaid internships with like traditional media organizations. But I would say that like if you're writing a blog post every day about a team that you love, yeah, that's your unpaid internship. Mm-hmm. And there's something very powerful about the ability to put in effort and do work on something that you love. Yes. You are doing that because you love the team and people who fucking write for those teams don't tell me that you're not a fan of them. Mm. Like, don't even do that. Mm -hmm. Because if you weren't, if you didn't care, why the fuck are you doing that job? Mm -hmm. Which brings us to 
happening number 17, apparently, in this pro hockey runner's brouhaha in these last 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Vegas Golden Knights, their Twitter account is, like, sometimes funny, sometimes kind of annoying. Uh, they tweeted out something the other day, uh, Friday night, I guess, that somebody in the press box clapped when the Predators scored. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a big no-no in the press world. And I don't... Th- we can talk about that in a second. Um... And apparently this was a lie. Apparently that didn't actually happen. I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. At the end of it all, who cares? At the end of it all, it's a fucking Twitter feed. Yeah. Believe it or don't believe it. On social media. Yeah. And maybe somebody in the press box did, in fact, clap. How do we know? We have no idea. Anyway, so... How do we know some people are good in the room and others aren't? Oh, right. You think that just comes from Twitter feeds and comments uh, and huh? things said about someone's practice habits. Mm, I wonder how some things are allowed and other things are not. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, so this was a uh, this was a thing that happened and people just lost their fucking minds about that too. Like it was just and like the, one of the guys who's a member of like the the Pro Hockey Writers Association in Nashville, like they filed a complaint like an official complaint about yeah. this because it's like these are our livelihoods and whatever. I'm like, yeah, and the players that you cover, those are their fucking livelihoods, and you talk shit about them all the time. With zero accountability. Yeah, and you can say whatever you want, and they're never going to comment on it because then they have to address it, and then it just, then you then you start criticizing them for like reading their own press. Like it just they can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Vegas Twitter account deleted the tweet and they apologized or whatever on their Twitter. Is this like a who watches the Watchmen situation? It kind of is. I think so. Yeah. Nobody. Well, um, except for Twitter. Rorschach. And they just block you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, like, if you can't handle the criticism, then, like, don't be in the industry. Mm-hmm. I think is maybe the thing. But, like, I just, I couldn't believe that they kind of lost their minds about this tweet. This, like, ultimately innocuous tweet that, like, I bet you somebody clapped. And yeah, that's so. what happened. And, like, it's hard not to be, it's hard not to, like, um, be emotional when you're trying, about a team that you, like, it's hard not to have feelings, whether it's good or bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that if you're a professional, like, say, Cassie Campbell demonstrated, that you can absolutely put that emotion aside and do the job. 100% you can. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's going to slip up. And I think that, that if we're calling on reporters to recognize that the athletes that they cover are human beings and like reporters should be able to recognize in themselves that they're also human beings Mm -hmm. and that they're those rules are ridiculous and that their colleagues are also human beings Mm -hmm. and they should be able to like have some emotion about some stuff once in a while you're telling me at the goddamn stanley cup final none of them clap or react or do anything no they'll all tell you that oh we're just happy you didn't go the game didn't go to overtime so we can get our our article finished that's what they'll tell you oh bullshit um yeah that's what they'll say for 1% of them that still write for actual newspapers. Yeah, for yeah, for whoever it matters. Whereas everyone who writes for, like, an online publication, you can put it up whenever you want. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But, like... And no one's going to read it because we saw it all happen on Twitter anyway, so... Yeah. So why are you there? Mm-hmm. You're irrelevant. You're all dinosaurs and you're irrelevant. Go find something else to do. Um, that's the other problem, though, is they can't. That's the problem, is that they don't have skills mm-hmm. to do anything else. Um... But yeah, the this week has just been like an exercise in absolute futility. Well, and this idea that like to be caught clapping would end your career. Like none of them are homers. Yeah, no kidding. 
Like, give me a break. And, like, I, I can appreciate that there are guys like Bob McKenzie or whatever who are probably just more fans of the game, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's probably true for a lot of people who actually cover the sport. Because I think you end up watching so much that, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, like, there's going to be a player that you like better than others, and there's going to be a team that you like better than others, and you just have to, like, admit... That's why you write for that team. Yeah, and that's... You sort of have to admit that, that bias. I saw someone on Twitter talking like, to... Like, how can you work for a team for 30 years and not be biased? How? Yeah. How? Yeah, because if they make the playoffs, you get to go and travel, and, like, there's all these things you get to do, and you, like, yeah. yeah, whatever. It's just... I know. It's insane. And it's a, it's a world that we don't really understand because, like, our jobs are different. But again, we can, at the very least, we can, like, sort of semi-empathize because, like, we work in an industry where people think they know what we do and clearly have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want the travel schedule of a pro hockey writer. I don't want those things, like, in any capacity whatsoever. Yeah. But, like, it would be nice if when I were to read some press about the team that I mostly cheer for, that it would be really nice if it was, like, not just the message from the top. Mm-hmm. If there's Because I was thinking about, like, we've talked about this before, the access piece, mm-hmm. right? Well, like, there's guys who cover teams in other cities who have been, you know, like, the coach's nemesis and still get to cover the team. Yep. Because they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. Whereas the guys here just aren't. No. And I think that's the frustrating part. <sighs> the idea of a professional hockey writer association is laughable to me. I wonder, like who who decides? I think it depends on the inflection. Because is it writers about professional hockey? Because that's a very different thing than like we're professional sure. writers who write about hockey. See, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm I well based on the quality of work that comes out. I'm assuming it's just people who mash their keyboards and write about hockey, about professional hockey. Because some of them are not but very I good. But I bet that they would focus on the idea. They're professionals. That they're professionals. And they're professionals, I don't know, because they get paid? I guess so. But, like, the writing that I see on places like The Athletic and places like... Very good. Um, Copper and Blue. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that they have and some of the guys that we have on our site um, are great writers. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting paid. No. And they should be. And they're doing way better work than the guys who are getting paid. And so I hope, my hope is that over time, there is a shift in, like... Well, these guys have to retire. Like, it's the same with any industry. When the big changes happen, people start to leave because they don't want to cope with them. Well, and they're aging out. Yeah. And and their publications are irrelevant. Yeah. And that's important, too. But yeah, like I said, like, I would honestly rather listen to, like... Yeah, Lozo and, and Down Goes Brown just riff for an hour before Sportsnet games. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Way rather do that. Then, you know, let's talk about this and why the Winnipeg... Like, I don't care. Oh, and it just... It doesn't matter. Like, it it truly doesn't matter. There are men who play sports. Like, yeah. it truly doesn't matter. No. No. And I realize the irony that we've been talking about this for 45 minutes. Yeah. I do get that. But it needs to be said. Yeah. And, like, if you're going to listen, I think that maybe, like, we have, we've talked about this before, too. It's just, like, the notion that people need to be a little bit more discerning mm-hmm. in where they get their information from. Yeah. You know? And, like, if if you're getting your information exclusively from, like, sport, let's say, that's your problem. And only from there. Yeah. yeah. Or only from the hockey news. Or whatever. You have to, you have to search elsewhere for, for information. Yeah. 
I know someone who only gets their best news from NBA.com. And I was like, you realize that that's the propaganda source, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not going to get all the information from there. No. No, because, like, why would they give you all that information? It's, yeah. it's legitimately just, like, this team won. That's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's all the information. Yeah, pretty much, and, and no analysis whatsoever. Like no, no, no commentary, no analysis. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think we should be members of the Pro Hockey Writers Association. <laughs> Why not? Well, apparently they fucking let anybody in, so we mm. might as well just take the opportunity. Like, is there like a professional? Ooh, what we should make is a new organization, Megan. Okay. The PHPA, the Professional Hockey Podcasters <laughs> Association. Yes, there we go. All right, let's do it. Uh, Davis, we need a logo. Do we need a new logo? <laughs> You've been putting in a lot of intern-based work, Davis, and we appreciate it. Uh-huh. To be fair, so we. On this? Yeah. Would you call this work, Megan? Well, it's, like, intern level in that there's zero compensation for it. That's true. And zero recognition. Zero. And more interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um, let's talk about Outlander. Okay. No, do you want to talk about Riverdale? Are you going to talk about Riverdale? Uh, yeah, after Outlander, sure. Okay. There's only one left, and it's I tonight. I know! I'm so crushed, but also kind of relieved because it's hard to watch those Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, it's so late. I don't think I can watch this tonight. I can't either. Okay. Um, we watched at the same time and we text back and forth. That's yes. why we're having this conversation. <laughs> we have to schedule everything together. Uh-huh, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's this been 12 of 13 episodes and it's so good. This season has been so good. This last episode was great. And it was, like, fundamentally different from the book, too. Yes. But in good ways. Like, for TV, it made a lot more sense. Because we were asking that question of... <clears throat> In terms of, like, the thickness of the book, where they were at right now mm-hmm. is, like, two-thirds, and they only have two episodes yeah. left. So I was real curious what they were going to do, yeah. and I liked what they did. Yeah. There's a lot of unnecessary stuff in the book of, that yeah. they kind of trimmed and cut to yeah. made a bit more effective. And they reordered some stuff just to make it make a little bit more logical sense. But, like, Gailis Duncan is back. Ugh. But also, yes. I know. I can't wait. That means that tonight is the thing. That's I know. It's so great. Did they, allude, did they allude to that in like the first episode of the season? No. First or second? Nothing. With the bones. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, with the bones. But if you haven't read the book, you wouldn't know who that is. Yeah, spoilers, P.S.? I don't know. Anyway. We haven't said what it is. No. So. But they alluded to the thing with the bones. And, and it's like early. It's funny how we... I don't know if we've talked about this before, but there's these weird insertions of... <laughs> My computer's, like, doing this thing where it, like, freezes sometimes. Oh, maybe it's frozen again. Hang on. Okay. My dad just sent me a picture from... Definitely. I don't know what it's doing here. Oh, my God, Dad. Oh, my God, Dad! What is it? Okay, so there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff in there that we're not editing out because I'm not going back. It's milk. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Just wait. Just wait. Oh, my God. This is so funny. Um, I'm still recording. I'm not ending any of this. Okay. I'm not fixing any of this. Um. What? So, the thing with Outlander that they've done 
And yeah, like Kelsey was saying, the idea that like there was all this book left and only two episodes out of a thirteen episode season, and we were both like, "How oh, the fuck?" Yes. But now it's like it's it, it's like a Shakespeare play. This season has been kind of like a Shakespeare play, and tonight is Act Five. Tonight is a hundred percent Act Five. And so it's Malcolm's taken... English forces are rapidly approaching. Yes. The Scottish castle and shit is going to go down. It's I liked it. I said Shakespeare, swift. and you said you went straight to Macbeth because that's also what I was thinking. <laughs> best one but well it is because it the action just like it it's okay. it's like a slowish burn and then all of a sudden act five starts an and explosion. it just unravels everything yeah. and that's exactly what this is mm-hmm. which is good and what i found really interesting from that last episode was the idea that because it is you know loose historical fiction yes you've got people that existed and other people that didn't and yet they're interacting on this same plane and yet we have Galus Duncan who enters, who turns that idea of realism mm-hmm. upside down. Yes, but like the thing that she wants to figure out, like when the next Scottish king, and I'm like, bitch, you're from the city. Like you already know, you already know the answer to this question. Yeah, her. That's what I wasn't quite sure about because the purpose of what she's trying to accomplish unless, is a little bit irrelevant. Unless. Because I'm trying to think how this works now, between book three and book four. Because isn't there? So like, is she talking about like the? Because you know revolutionary how, war. Well, no, but I know I'm just thinking. I don't remember how this works between book three and book four. But like, when does Roger meet her? Is it in book three that Roger meets her, in like the sixties, or is it in book four that they like flash back to it? Because she is she is in the future again, but she's also like she's also in the past, right? So okay, what I I was just thinking timeline is something we need to draw. But what I was just thinking (laughs) is like maybe they've just scrapped that all together, which they should, which they should, and so maybe that's why she doesn't actually. Maybe she's never gone back. Yes, because I don't believe that this story says that she has. Right. Like, but, she went but back in the when books, she killed her husband. Yes, in the book she goes back. Yeah. But in this one, she doesn't. She she says that she, like, escaped her own execution. Yeah. But she never says that she's actually gone back. Right. So maybe oh, that's... Oh, I see. So there is... Okay, so what you were thinking Because in the was... book, Galus would know because she would have lived in the, Claire, the time that Claire was living, like, in the 60s and would Again. have known the answers to, to that. that question. So why does she need the prophecy? But if she's never gone back, then it makes sense. Right. And so that's why I was just, I just had that thought. Because Riva and I were watching it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we had the same thing. I was like, wait a second. Doesn't she already know the answer to that question? That seems like a weird thing. But she was in Scotland talking about Scottish, essentially, independence. Yeah. From the crown at that rally that Brie went to. Yeah. And that's not any different from the book. No. So she is there. She is aware. Uh-huh. So that, 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 that whole, what that she's trying to find out. That disconnect of knowledge doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. But she has this element of supernatural to her, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. She gives the tea to Ian, mm-hmm. and he just tells her all the information. You know, she's standing in front of him naked, covered in blood. I'm not sure what's the more powerful influence in that moment. Yeah. This truth-telling tea or her. Yeah. <laughs> the image of her. Yeah, I was it, uh, the truth-telling tea, the way she was describing it, made me think of like uh, the lasso in, in Wonder Woman. Like, that, that same... That was just sort of Be like, compelled. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that... Where is that compelling force... Yeah. ...really coming from? Yeah. 
Um, from the 15-year-old boy who's seeing boobs in front of him? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And her disappointment at him, disappointment and also relief at him not being a virgin yeah. was a delight. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> and she, yeah, she was sort of like, almost crestfallen, but then she's like, oh, never mind. You know what to do now. Yeah. And so I was that's just like, super. But I was wondering where the bloody legs were going to be from. Yeah. In the opening credits. Yeah. And I did not think that that's what no. it was going to be. No, but what a great... I thought it was going to be in the slave market. What a great thing to do. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Claire, which, like, Claire causes a lot of her own problems because of her, you know, how she, like, inhabited the future, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I get it makes sense, but, like, she sees, she's at the slave market and she's just horrified by what she sees. And, like, rightly so. And so she intervenes. She loses her fucking shit. And then Jamie has to buy a slave to, like, <laughs> protect everybody. And then he's like, we'll free him later, but we had to purchase him, and we have to we have to re- remain his owners so that no one else can claim him. Yeah. And Claire is, like, very reluctant. She's just like, fuck. Yeah. But, like, this she- is exactly what I didn't want yeah. to do. Congrats, Claire, you're a slave owner now. <laughs> Um, but like, I mean, if you're gonna have a slave, if you're if you're gonna be a slave and you're gonna have an owner, like Jamie and Claire are probably the best ones oh, to yeah, have because like, best. and then they just let him go, yeah, right. Like at the end, they, he they does just, a job for he them. does the job and then they let him go, yeah, um, which is great. Are there like ideas about how that is Joe's ancestor? I don't know. Oh, because that's what I thought. Maybe. Interesting. Oh yeah, because his yeah. Oh maybe. That's something we need to. We need to up. explore a little bit more. Yeah. Well, because like Gillis Duncan, she's she's now like Mistress Abernathy, is she not? And isn't that Joe's last name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Totally is. Uh huh. But I didn't. I don't remember her being Abernathy in the book. I don't either. I'd have to look that up. So that's why I was like, I feel like these are stirring ideas that I have. Well, yeah. I'm not sure of the validity of them. Yeah. But I'm just gonna be a white man and say them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going through your life with the confidence of a mediocre white man. Oh boy. Um, but uh, the thing that <laughs> the thing that I think is really interesting about this is how they've like taken Mr. Willoughby and made him into a character that I don't hate. Oh, he's so compassionate. Yeah. And he's wonderful. He's wonderful. But like, also, can we talk for a second about Lord John Gray? And when he sees Jamie again after all of these years and, like, the hard eyes that he has, like, everybody needs a man in their life who looks at them the way that Lord John looks at Jamie Fraser. Yes. Holy shit. Which is equal parts just actual, like, depth of your heart love, but equal parts holy sensual fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is what it is. Yeah, because, like, Jamie Fraser is an attractive man. There is no denying any of that. Oh, the wig and the tan are not working for me. I don't have a problem with the tan whatsoever. I think it's great. It looks like bad age spots, though. Like, they didn't do the freckles well. Maybe. That's my problem. Um, Claire's tan, superb. Everything about her is superb. Yes. Whatever. They could... She's a goddess, yes. They could, like, hit her in the face with a hot iron and she'd still look (laughs) stunning. So, like, it wouldn't matter. In her grief and her pain, she would be beautiful. Yeah. Um... But no, and, I, and there's that bit where uh, where Jamie and Claire are talking about, like, when they first were together and they couldn't keep their hands off each other, um, watching, like, Fergus and Marsali. And it's just, like, and, and then they, like, look at each other and I'm like, how did that room not, like, just burst into flames? I know. And, how and it's, are they, like, a solid 30 seconds. And how are they not staring. fucking all the time? <laughs> 
Like, that's what I want. And I mean, I realize they gotta find Young Ian and blah, blah, blah. But, like, how are they literally not, like, sneaking around just having sex everywhere? Yeah, I don't know. Because they've only been back together for a very short span of time. And then separated. And then separated. And then now they've been back together in Jamaica for, like... Well, that's because Jamie has such a high sense of propriety. I know. As does Claire. But there's, like, the bit in the first book that they didn't do in the show where they, like, after that little battle and they got, like, attacked in the little camp, he just, like, fucks her beside a tree and there's, like, dudes, like, ten feet away. Yeah. There's no propriety there. That was also right after they were married, though. Yeah. And, and Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> he was learning. <laughs> he was just really enjoying he himself. He was learning. <laughs> he was figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But no, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I just, I can't. Season three, best season. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, season one was good. And it was everything I wanted an adaptation of it to be. that to be. Except for, like, the scene at the very end of the book in, like, that, like, hot spring that they didn't include. And I was like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. That would have been real good. But then they, like, I read something about it and they, they didn't do it just for... Timing and... No, it was, like, just budget? to find a location more than anything yeah. and, like, actually film it properly. They're like, we don't know how we can do this. Yeah. I was like, I don't care, you shut up. Um, Just switch to animation. <laughs> no, that's no. Um, And then I'm, I'm like, I know they're already filming season four. And I'm really excited. And they have been really holding on to the reins of season four. Yeah. Like, we know there's some people in Scotland right now. Yeah. But Jamie and Claire shouldn't be in Scotland. No. And yet they have been filming there. Yeah. So I wonder, I'm wondering what they're going to do for, like, where season four is set. Maybe there's some studio work that's happening, too. Could be. That's, because, yeah, like, season four, like, they they wash up in Georgia, don't they? Uh Uh-huh. At the end of, at the end of book three, they wash up in Georgia. And then they end up in the Carolinas. Yeah. And that's where they end up. Is it North Carolina? I can't remember. I think South Carolina. And they, but they have, like, their, their homestead, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Carolinas. So maybe, and maybe there's locations that they found that they can sort of approximate. And... But we do know certain people need to be in Scotland. Mm-hmm. We sure do. I was, Riff and I were talking about that yesterday, and I was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's like, there's a scene out of that book that like, I just really hope is in there. Does it involve Jenny? It does not. Oh. It involves Roger and Brianna in like the modern times oh yeah yeah oh when they're in the americas no 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 when she like gets out of the bath that like when he like the oh yes oh, it's man. just steaming that's like one of my favorite scenes in yeah, like anything i've ever read it's great i thought you meant like when roger comes to boston to visit her oh that's they go to like the clan yeah that would be and then like, like the moon landing stuff and yeah. all of those things yeah but i want that i want all of that because I think that's super important. Yeah. Because it's been made clear where we left them that, like, not that they're together. But there's some But they're getting to together-ish. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, what happens in the fourth one is, like... It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And it's so much of, like, them just, like, ignoring the, the no. But then, like, that bit about, um, like, the thing that sort of tears them apart a little bit in the fourth book. Yeah. I don't without like spoiling it is very like Nicholas Sparks esque. It's sort of like if you'd have just said some words, yeah, right. And they simmer on that for way too long. Yeah, but then the end is so beautiful. Like the end of that book is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't wait, and I kind of hope they just stop it there. I 
think you could do a season five, like with the children. Yeah, maybe. I think you could do that. Maybe beyond that. But like, it's too Young much. Ian and Rolo and yeah, all that stuff. After that point, it's kind of eh. good. Yeah, I mean they have source material. They keep going if they wanted to, I suppose. Yeah. But it's just oh, it's so good. Yeah. And it's I, I I'm. I'm not often, like, happy with adaptations of books. No. They're usually not good. And I've been pretty satisfied. Because they've changed, as we said, they've changed the shitty things Mm -hmm. into better, more appropriate, more interesting things. Well, and things that just work better for television, too. Yeah. Because, like, some of the stuff that they've taken out just wouldn't work for TV. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense to have taken it out. Whereas, like... And Diana loves to overwrite. (laughs) (sighs) She's like Charles Dickens. You'd think she was getting paid by the word. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's a lot of run-on... In some of her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's working on book nine. I can't believe, I cannot believe that there's going to be a ninth book. I really hope it's over. I haven't read anything past four, so. You've read five. I don't think so. Did we decide this? I think you have. Because oh. that's with Young Ian and, like, after. After he comes back? Yeah. Uh. Maybe. Yeah, like, I don't know. They're, six is fine, but they're just, they're getting too much. Like, there's just too much to remember and Yeah. And too much happening and... I don't know. There comes a point where, like, it just needs to be done. And that point should be two books ago. Yeah. Like, true. the end of six maybe should have been the end. But... But people get so crazy. They want more stuff for the characters that they love. They do. They really, really do. Have you read any of the John Gray novellas? Yes, one of them. I can't remember which Are they one. any good? The Private Matter, I think, is the one I have. Not bad. Okay. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of him, so like I didn't love it, but yeah. I think maybe after having seen him in the show, because I really like him in the show, maybe I'll go back and read it again. Well, he seems much less petty in yes. the show. Yes. Like in the book, he's very much like a jilted lover, even though he's a hundred percent not a jilted lover. No, but like, he acts like it. He oh, he's so overreactive. Yeah, but like in in the in the episode last week, like when Claire and when he and Claire, because in the book, if I remember correctly, Jamie hasn't told Claire about like Willie really? and yeah, whatever. Yeah. But they made sure that he did, and it made I think it made all of this easier. But even still, Claire and Lord John having their little conversation was just like fraught with tension. Mm-hmm. And Claire immediately picks up that there is oh, yeah. something happening with John Gray. And like, of course, she's from the modern age, so there's different ideas about yeah. sexuality. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it was great, mm-hmm. and it was very much like the first meeting. That, in, like, on screen played out very much like the first meeting between Jenny and Claire in the book played out. Yes. With that, like, that conversation. And then there's, like, the, the thoughts sort in of between. Inter- in between. And yeah. it, that was very much like that. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you texted me yesterday, like, is that yellow dress from France? And it was. Mm-hmm. They, they repurposed some of the costumes. Um, like, I know, figured they would. Yeah. On purpose. But they did it on purpose because the comment that they made was that, like, where are they going to get these gowns? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, you know, very much like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to get them? And it's like, no, that's actually a pretty fair point. Yeah. That's why I thought that, but... Yeah. So, no, it's been... It's good, and I'm really excited for tonight's episode, because there's going to be a lot of shit going down. I know. Now I'm just like, do I just stay up just um, to see it? But I don't know if I can. And uh, and then, we were talking earlier that, like, Outlander's done, but then in January, we can start talking about X-Files again. I know. I still don't really remember what happened last year, so I'm going to have to somehow get... 
caught. I loved the episode that Reese Darby was in, though. That was fucking great. Good one. But yeah, so yeah, we hadn't started this yet when the X Files was on. No. And we did a lot of X Files talking. Mm Mhm. Because we love that show too. It's very funny. It is. Um, so you're just gonna get TV talk, I guess, all the time because there's just always something new, and then maybe by the time X Files is done, like something else will happen, and then it'll be like time to talk season four of Outlander. Yeah, that's gonna be like September though. X Files is only gonna be for like five weeks, isn't it? Uh, I think it's like, it might be eight. I eight think. episodes? I heard it might be eight. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like five or six. Ah, uh, interesting. That's okay. We'll just, like, we'll, like you said, we'll watch Loop here and then something else, and we'll just, like, throw something in. We're like, here you go. Here's our live commentary of... I want it to be King Arthur. Done deal. I, I fucking own it. Yeah, there, yeah, let's do like, it. Yes, need to revisit this for Sheezy. Um, yeah, can we reenact what that lady did when he, like, <laughs> took his shirt off? <laughs> and she <laughs> Oh, that was really great. And her reaction also when he threw the sword. Yeah. She's like, why would you do that? Because it's in the myth. It's <laughs> a great, it's a great fucking movie. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I want to hear about Riverdale. Not that I'm ever gonna watch it. Okay, the one really thinking, really, I haven't watched this week's yet. I'm gonna watch it later with Alyssa. But they did a really cool thing in the previous week's episode, mm-hmm. where instead of having like a chronological narrative, what they did is they cut the episode into three. So you got three mini stories all focused on the chronological interactions of some characters as they went through their day. So it wasn't intercut. It was just like, this is what's happening with Archie and Jughead. This is what's happening with Betty and Brooke. And it was very cool. I super liked it. Like, they're taking risks, and I admire that. Yep. But they just don't pay off all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of trashy. It's mostly trashy. Kind of trashy. I've heard it's very trashy. Yes. So there's like... There's art. That's an art choice. Mm-hmm. And then there's good art, like The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> and those are very two different things. Well, I will say that you've never texted me about a single thing that's happened on Riverdale, and you texted me like four times yesterday about The Crown. Yeah. It, it was always so... like related to Matthew Good, but still. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh. But I will say, like, you've never, you've never taken the time to be like, this thing happened on Riverdale, because, you know, so... And the text for the crowd was like, alert, alert. <laughs> you need to see this one particular episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that was very cool. It's it's kind of stagnating on Riverdale as it does these like leaps and bounds okay. of the narrative. So what's going on? <sighs> How many episodes are left? I don't know, actually. Two or three, I think. Okay. Not that many. But it, there's there's been these hints, there's been these rumors, like, in the Twitter sphere and written online that, like, shit's going to become supernatural. Okay. Like, last year there was a talk of casting Sabrina and they had someone and she never came into the show. Now they're doing, like, a spinoff with just Sabrina. But oh. there's been these, like, weird supernatural elements that I've heard from a number of people and not just all students that... They're trying to have, like, a zombie apocalypse enter Riverdale. And I'm very angry about that. Does that mean that it's going to be a crossover with The Walking Dead? Because if it is, I'm here for that. Because The Walking Dead people would kill all of the Riverdale yes. people immediately? Yes. Finally? Thank Gerald you. Gerald Dixon would just kill them all with his crossbow. <laughs> just done deal. Because they would or just... he'd just, like, flex and necks with Greg. <laughs> 
Um, the the kid, he would just be so annoyed by everything that they are and everything that they represent, and he would just murder. Oh, everyone. and how just impetuous every single person is. Okay. But they had it was quite scary. The episode was very scary. Okay. And they had um, Archie and Jughead essentially delivering a creative drugs because they were. There's five episodes, six episodes six left. Six left? Oh, why? Yeah, there's the one that you just, is like, it's number nine. Sorry, I'm just looking this up for you right yeah. now. Number nine is the one that aired, like, last week. Yeah. Or, no, this airing this week, rather. Number nine airs this week. Okay, so maybe I've seen seven. So, no, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six episodes after this week. So there's, like, 15? I guess so. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but. It should be 10. But there's a break after this one until January. Okay, good. I don't have time to watch it anyway. I'm yeah. struggling now. So it was quite scary. And they had to take this crate of drugs and deliver it as part of, like, Jughead's serpent duties, mm-hmm. which he was coerced into because he's a naive fuck. And then they get a flat tire, and they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And as they're in the middle of fucking nowhere, this, like, zombie deer just walks across in front of them. It's, like, all bloody and disgusting and then that was it what there was no payoff of that that's awful there was no purpose of that but then there's gonna be a zombie apocalypse maybe I don't know well let me tell you how that's gonna go not well no and they they all kind of super need to die <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna argue with that like cleanse Riverdale <laughs> please Everyone needs a plague once in a while. Just like sometimes there's an overpopulation of wolves and overpopulation of rabbits, and nature takes its course, is what I'm saying. Mm hmm. Interesting. But it was a very scary episode. Wow. Because there was that bullshit, and the guy that like picked up Jughead and took him with the crate to this delivery place, I thought for sure was gonna like kill him. Hmm. He was very scary. He was talking about how the Black Hood's cleansing of Riverdale is a good thing. And I was like, oh my god, is this the black hood? It was kind of like on the nose because it was a black man driving him. So I was like, I don't know what's trying to be said about this. But then also they had um, Josie being stalked and haunted by someone. Okay. And I thought for sure that the black hood was Svensson, the janitor who showed up finally. But no, it was actually Cheryl. 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 What? Manipulating Josie into being afraid. Okay. So that she would go to this, like, recording session that Cheryl had set up for her with, like, a big-time agent. It's so fucked up. Like, none of the things match up with their premises. It's 100% a soap opera. Oh, yes, of course. There's no denying that. Teenagers. And they essentially scapegoated Chuck as the person stalking her. And he absolutely was not. And is Chuck as Chuck is in the comics? Yeah. Okay. Like Chuck Clayton. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but you, yeah, you know what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, no, but like, <laughs> you know, and they, oh, they happened to scapegoat him. But Josie and the, and the mayor are also black. But still. Yes. But the mayor and uh, Kevin Keller's dad, Chief, like, Sergeant Keller, mm-hmm. police dude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having a secret affair. That was very interesting. What? Yeah, and Betty was like, 
chief killer. He has to be the Black Hood. He's doing all these suspicious things. And Veronica was like, mm, no, bitch, he's having an affair. And at the end, Veronica's like, well, who was right? Crazy Black Hood theory or woman's <laughs> intuition? Wow. So, yeah, I got buck wild. That's insane. And they're like, what, like sophomores in high school? Yeah, they're like 16 because they just drive. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. And you love it. Well. Do you love it as much this season as you did last season? Because last season you were, like, 100% all in. No. It's not quite as good. No, it's definitely not as good. There's so much bullshit in this season. So, like, and now that you know there's 15 episodes. It's, like, exhausting. Yeah. It's super exhausting. It's too much time. Like, I will say, I mean, I appreciate that Outlander is only 13. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish there was more in certain certain situations, though, like, you know. But then, like, The Walking Dead. I will talk about that for a minute. Can I talk mm-hmm. about that for a minute? Sure. I just hate watching it now. Like, I just... Because I'm, I'm invested, and I don't want to give up on it just yeah. yet. Because I still care about some of the characters. But, like... Uh, and then they do something that I'm like, oh, that was really good. Yes. You know? And you get those... Yeah. Like, sparse pieces there was of shining a, episode, Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the pre-credits stuff was 15 minutes long. Jeez. And it was so good. Yeah. And I was just like That's sucked. a powerful cold open. Yeah, and, I, and I was just like sucked right back in. I was like, this fucking show. <laughs> you know, and then like, and then there's like the garbage pail kids that come back. Everyone's, <laughs> I'll show you a picture. Look, like, I just, if you look up Walking Dead garbage pail kids, I'm sure yeah, they'll show up. That's not what they're actually called, but like. Someone else has made that comparison. Yeah, they had to have, because that's what they are. And, like, they talk like they're hill people who've, like, been isolated from society for their whole lives, but, like... It's been, like, a year? It's been, like, two and a half years or whatever, and it doesn't make any sense that they talk like that, because, like, Rick and his people still talk like human beings. But anyway, um, I just feel like... (laughs) Walking dead garbage people? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Let's see. And, like, there was a scene where, like, the, the garbage pail lady, her name is, I don't know what they're actually called, but her name is Jadis, and she was, like... Oh, my God, this is amazing. She was, like, sitting <laughs> naked. Yeah. Some did Jim Carrey's face over her. Um, and, like, she was sitting there, like, in an apron, but, like, naked, and she was painting something or something. It was just, it's all very bizarre whenever they're around. Um, but it's just, like... <laughs> The first season was really good, and the second season was pretty good, and the third season was still okay, and then some dumb things happened, and then, like, the first half of season four was fine, and then it's just gone off the rails from there. Yeah. And they always, and they always talk about how they have this, like, this narrative plan, I guess, where they want to tell this, so they have 16 episodes in a season, and they kind of want to tell, like, two, like, eight episode long stories. Which is fine. Yeah. But the problem, you know how you say, like, in this, ep- this last episode of Riverdale, they cut, like, here's what's happening here, here's what's happening here, here's what's happening here. I like that. Yes. The Walking Dead it's does that. Efficient. But they do a whole episode of here's what's happening with these people. And now here's what's happening oh. with... And so the problem is, is then you get the same scene, like, three or four or five times, depending on how many storylines yeah. are intertwined. And I'm just like, I don't need to see this motherfucker walk out of this door again. Mm-hmm. Like, I already know how it ends. I don't need it from his perspective. Yeah. Um, and that to me is really frustrating because there's, there's storylines that are like underserved Mm -hmm. and there's still two of the characters, um, that have been on the show since, well, Carol's been on since season one Mm -hmm. and Michonne's been in since season three. Mm -hmm. I am a hundred percent certain that they have never actually spoken words to each other on screen. 
despite having traveled together and living in the prison together and like mm-hmm. living in the same compound, like all of this stuff, I'm pretty sure they have never spoken words to each other on screen. And that is infuriating to me. Yeah. And then it does this weird shitty thing where it plays with time. Mm. And so like it goes, um, oh, was it in season five? No. Season six, maybe. I don't see. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Um, they're in season eight now and it's too many. Um, but like the, it just, it did this, the first, I think my, mm, it must've been season six. The first like seven episodes all took place over like two days and there was a lot of things going on. It was really good. Then they were great. Mm-hmm. And then like the last, like the eighth episode or whatever it was, there was like this giant time jump, but they didn't tell you how long the time jump was. You just had to assume certain things were true. Oh. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's how that works. No. Um, it was just oh, it was awful. Awful, awful, awful. And so they, they play with time and they don't give you a sense of, like, whatever. So there's on the, there's, like, a Walking Dead wiki, like, on, like, on wiki or whatever, and someone's, like, done the timeline. Oh, thank God. And Reva and I, every once in a while, will, like, talk about it. We'll have to figure out how many days it's been. And there's, like, from when the prison in season four is, like, overrun to, like, the end of season six, it had only been, like, seven months. But, like, all this ridiculous shit happened. God. Like, it's just, it's maddening to me. Absolutely. But there, and then, so there's, like, this, and, I, and this isn't spoilers, because this is from season four, and you're never going to watch it, so. Yeah. I love spoilers. I know you do. I love it. So near the end of season four, Carol, she has to shoot this girl, Lizzie, in the back of the head, because Lizzie is, like. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this. Right. And, and so there's this scene, and she says to Lizzie, she's like, just look at the flowers, and then she shoots her in the back of the head, um, because Lizzie's, like, already killed her sister, mm-hmm. and is probably going to kill the baby, and it's just all very complicated. So she does that, and she has to go do it because the the person that she ends up traveling with out of the prison, Tyrese, um, she meets up. Like, she's been banished. It's a whole big thing, but he can't do it. He's too much of like a teddy bear. It's willing to, to do what he has to do, and so poor Carol has to kill this girl, mm-hmm. and she's already watched her daughter turn into a zombie. Like there's all of these things. Every time she gets close to a kid, the kid dies. Yeah, and I hate it. Uh. It sucks so much. But, like, however long it's been since that happened, she has never actually, like, dealt with that or talked to anybody about about it. it. She's just holding on to it. They, like, get to their safe place in Alexandria, and she stays for a while, and then she just leaves. To deal. But she doesn't deal with it. She just leaves so she doesn't have to, because she, she leaves this note for everybody, and she's just, like... Like, she hooks up with this guy that's already living there, and then that just... It doesn't seem... But that happened in, like, this time jump, and so you just have to accept that, oh. it's a, that it's a thing. But, like, there's been this, like, simmering thing with her and Daryl for... Ages. The whole... Since, like, season two? Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so then she hooks up with this other guy, and then she, like, leaves from his place and, like, leaves a note for Rick. And Rick reads it and, and you know, whatever. So she, like, basically got them to Alexandria, and then she had to leave because she Rick had banished her, so she was, like banishing herself and so she ends up living in this like house outside this the kingdom with there's a tiger like it's just all so weird anyway apparently i don't know in the comics apparently the kingdom was like on an old zoo site or they were zookeepers or something so there was actually animals and so they brought that in but there's a tiger and it's strange and then daryl like finds her ultimately and they like spend part of a day together and like he's just crushed that she left Mm -hmm. as he would be Mm -hmm. and she's like so happy to see him again but she decides she's going to stay in her little shack by herself. And he's going to go back and whatever. And they're now working to, like, defeat Negan and the Saviors and all this kind of stuff. And in my head, I'm just like, 
is someone just gonna give that poor lady a hug and let her cry? Yeah. Like, give her some emotional... Like, Rick's allowed to fucking lose his shit every four seconds on screen. <laughs> you know? And, like, Maggie's pregnant and her watched her husband get, like, bludgeoned to death. Right. And she's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe she's not, but she's, so like... So is it... Is it in a situation where it suffers from too many characters? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's been suffering from too many characters for about Because why are you saying seasons. that that kid is, like, 18 now? What I love it. Do you know what? It's funny. Normally that would bother me because I'm a big fan of like things being continuity. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't bother me whatsoever that Carl is like a man now. A, it, no, it it, it make, and his baby sister's like a baby. <laughs> like it it doesn't bother she's me. She's still a baby. She, she's she's like a toddler now, but yeah, like she, you know, she's like two. Yeah, and he's eighteen, but he was ten when it started, <laughs> and that doesn't bother me at all, for whatever reason. And I think part of it is like accelerating his development makes sense because of the things that he's been through. Oh, I see. So it, like, forces you to mature at certain ways. Yeah, and, and the kid's a good actor, too, so it makes sense to just... Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that, for whatever reason, that doesn't bother me, but all the other things, and they're still worried about, like, making gross zombies and stuff. I'm like, yo, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's not it's the, not the point anymore. point, yeah. It's the humans that But they're matter. also breaking their own rules with the zombies, and that bothers me. Which is what? So, like, in season five? I don't remember. The zombies were, like, able to, like, walk over railway tracks. But, like, they shouldn't be able to because they just drag their feet on the ground. But there's, like, this scene where there's this, like, horde of them coming and they're, like, stepping over the track. And I'm like, but they would just fall and pile up on each other. And then not be able to get up. Yeah. That's what would happen. And then they would all just decompose and die. Yeah. Um, And then there's a scene later in that season, the same season, I think, where they're, like, they literally climb up the stairs of a house. And I'm like, but they can't. Mm-hmm. You've just broken your own rules. And, like, I don't know how long the apocalypse has been happening. Because, like, where where the show starts isn't the start of the apocalypse. It's not, like, the outbreak. Um, but, like, I don't know how many zombies there would still be left. Like, how could there be so many? I mean, they don't die. They ha- You have to, like, kill them in the brain for them to die. Mm-hmm. But eventually they're going to, like... Run out of... And, and their skin's gonna fall off, yeah. and they're gonna be just like. How could they be healthy zombies? Yeah, like how saying. could they be? How could they be mobile ultimately if they have nothing holding their bones together mm-hmm. anymore? But here they are. Like that part, and that part of the continuity is really bothersome to me. Because I'm just sort of like, mm, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I still hate watching it every week because there's like certain little storylines that I would like to see sort of. Pay off, out, yeah. but if if then if they don't happen, I'm just gonna be very upset, mm-hmm. and then I'll have to like go rewatch more of the office because <laughs> that'll like put me back in my happy place. Like, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I it's it's sound. It sounds to me like The Walking Dead is getting to be more of a soap opera than it needs to be. Because mm-hmm. the first two seasons, the first one was six episodes, and the second one was thirteen, and they were very good. They were very tight. They were very well told, and now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're at 16, and that's too many. And there's this, like... But it's also too many and not enough, because they they yeah. do these weird fucking time jumps all the time, and I'm like, if you had more time, you could tell the story better. Yeah. Or don't try and tell such a complicated story, either or. Is that, like, efficiency of storytelling, right? Yeah. That doesn't exist. And that can sometimes be the bane of, like, a, a show's existence like that, where you're reliant on... A network, right? For mm-hmm. so for Netflix, for they get a set amount 
usually it's a few seasons in advance. It's not usually one by one. For Stranger Things it is. I don't know why. Probably because they didn't decide the story. But they have to be reliant on how many people are actually watching. Mm -hmm. So they get storylines based on how the previous ones go. Mm -hmm. Which can be quite that lack of stability I can imagine but like AMC like I don't know if they've already renewed um I don't know if they've already renewed Walking Dead for another Mm -hmm. uh, another season I hope not god um (laughs) but but they have like the Talking Dead or whatever with Chris Hardwick and he Chris Hardwick has turned like being a fanboy into the ultimate dream yeah because he gets to sit on on AMC for an hour after the show and he has guests like Lil John from the show yeah but apparently like, Lil John's a big fan of Walking mm-hmm. Dead so he's been on and like you know and he just gets to talk to people about the show mm-hmm. that's cool yeah um, but they they make AMC's making their money obviously from the show but also from like all this other stuff right and they and they're I think AMC is like responsible for the release of like the action figures and like all that kind of stuff and so they're just making the money merchandising kind of a fist, yeah right like it's just yeah so I don't think they care about the storytelling anymore. No, 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 no. It's and I think, th- and I think the same thing happened with Mad Men. I stopped watching Mad Men after season four. Yeah, I quit after season one. Um, because I was so just, dour. I was, I was just, like, just I was just done with like, and I, I didn't watch it religiously. I just kind of was like, oh yeah, Mad Men. I'll get caught up or whatever. And yeah. I was just like, ah, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. But like on the other side, I don't know if you've watched Frontier. No. It's only, That's, like, on my list for Christmas break. Yeah, it's only, like, six episodes the first season. So good. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have Taboo on my PBR because there, there was a marathon of it um, over Thanksgiving, like, U.S. Thanksgiving oh, really? weekend. So And I hadn't seen any of them, so I recorded them all. And I think there's eight. I've heard they're very good. That's, they're very dark and they're very... But they're very yes. good. And I like that model of storytelling, that, like, eight or ten episodes. Like, even Pitch... All things considered, I mean, as much as I wish there was more. It was ten. It was ten. Yeah. And that was, you didn't need any more than that. You didn't need this 22 episode, whatever. And then you're filled with nonsense. And then you're just annoyed by it. Yeah. Like, I I still watch SVU sometimes, most of the time, because you don't have to pay attention. And that's serial. That's very different. Yeah, like, the, the stories, like, the characters are the same, and, like, there's little bits and pieces, but if you're not caught up on, like, everything that's happening in... Benson's life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You'll get no. caught up in that episode. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't watch it again for six weeks, you'll get caught up again. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Whereas this stuff, it's not It's not serial. Like, it's very episodic, and it has to be, like... There has to be something. And what I would really like for The Walking Dead is for someone who's better than I am to, like, cut everything, make a super cut, mm-hmm. and put everything of in order. one storyline. Yeah, yeah, and put everything in the right order. That would be really interesting. That would be... Like hours, yeah. Like hundreds of hours of work. Oh I my god! Also want that for all of the Marvel TV and movies. Yeah, all of it. Put it in the right order, and like, and I, I don't mean just like episodes, in it, but like scenes. Like I want the whole thing as it's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. That'd be awesome. Um, you want to talk about? Do you want to do questions? Yeah, let's go with questions or whatever. I don't have a game or anything this week. No. Um, no more old timey prospectors for no me to get that. No more old timey prospector or buckstar. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, Tyler did say he was just looking. I'm personally excited to see how long you can and will spend ripping apart the pro hockey writers association for the 900 dumb things in the past two weeks. I was 45 minutes. I hope that was enough. I could have talked for longer, but I didn't know if anyone wanted to listen. And that's the thing, is it's been so hashed out yeah. already, and I think other people took more concise and thoughtful avenues into why it was bullshit than we did. Um, okay. 
Uh, Fake Steinberg asks, this is a good question. Um, what is the worst possible roster move the Oilers could make, and when will it happen? Well, it's going to be a one-for-one trade, mm-hmm. because that's all we can do. Um, I think they're going to end up trading away. It won't be. I'm thinking Clef. Yeah. For... I don't know. Dan Girardi. No, it'll be Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Dan Girardi. Right. Hundred percent. That's true. Um, and that'll be bad all around. Um, sorry, Amanda. But uh, um, no, I think it'll be like it'll be like Oscar Clefbaum for like somebody who's like Ryan Strom, mm-hmm. but not as good. And if the Oilers are like out of playoff contention by the All Star break, or you know, in that guys get real. They're out of playoff contention. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, they're not, because everything's still pretty tight. But, but... Yeah. What they have to do, isn't it win 35 of 54? 34 of 53 now, because they won yesterday. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, that's gonna happen. I know. It's not gonna happen. No, they have to... They, basically... they have fundamental issues that prevent that from happening now. Yeah. It's not gonna all of a sudden fucking fit together coming tomorrow. I'm like... pretty sure they haven't won two of three games at any three-game stretch all season long. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so probably not gonna happen. No, it'll be it'll be like Oscar... piece like Oscar Clefbaum or whatever for, like, I don't know, Ryan Strom Light, if that's even possible. Yeah. Like, that's what it'll be. Do I think of, like, who's it? I just haven't watched a lot of actual hockey, so I'm just feeling super disconnected from Or it'll be, like, Brian Nugent Hopkins to Dallas for, like, Jamie Alexiak and a bag of pucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Like, that, it'll be something like that. And and I would say, and I, I said this yesterday in my pregame, that I think that Nugent has probably been, like, the best oiler. Oh, for sure. Also, like, dollar for dollar all season long. He's been incredibly consistent in inconsistent times. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, they're going to train him. Mm-hmm. And I was at the game on Wednesday, and they were, like, Nuge was great on the ice. Jujar was great. And Yessi was great. And, and everyone else was shit. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and the problem, I think, here's the other thing. I guess Eric Carlson has said that he won't take a hometown discount to stay in Ottawa. When which he shouldn't. Which he, of course he shouldn't. He's like the best defenseman in the game. Why should he? And and Eugene Melnick is just a cheapskate. And so, sorry Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and someone was saying yesterday that the Oilers should trade literally anybody other than McDavid. For for Eric Carlson and hundred percent. hundred percent. Um. But I think what's going to end up happening, I think that like that dry settle contract. It's going to hurt them. For it's sure. looking real bad. Oh, yeah. It's already looking real bad. I mean, it was looking bad when they signed it. And, yeah. like, I know when, when it was signed, I remember, like, Lozo and Rosinski just ripping it. Um, at, rightly so on Puck Soup. But I also think that, like, you know, you have $8.5 million on your third line now. Yeah. Like, that's not. And it's not necessarily that this. I don't want to say that it's all Dry's fault. No. There's a whole bunch of other shit that. Like, why is he even on the third line? That's a big question that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a shit show. Everything is a shit show. Yep. And uh, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Wondering about draft picks again. Woo! Um, which is just insane. That that's like a... It's still a thing? That that's still a thing that we're... That we're talking about, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be over. Um, okay, what do we have here? Two-part question... This is really funny. 
from Mike. This, I almost died when I read this question. What are the worst kinds of leavings? Toaster leavings, oven leavings, or curt leavings? I feel like, Mike, you know the answer. Is this like an FMK? No, but like... <laughs> I know. I thought I just about died. He's so goddamn funny, Mike. Um, obviously curt. You're the best. Obviously. Because toaster you can just throw in the garbage. And the oven one you can throw in the garbage, too. But you can't just throw a person in the garbage, Mike. They have feelings. <laughs> You, you can throw an, you can throw away an appliance, but you can't throw away a person. Um, Unless you're Peter Shirelli. Mike also wants to know, Chris Russell for the All-Star Game, yay or nay? Oh my god, Mike. I was happy about that previous question and then mad at you. Although, I saw someone talk about the All-Star Game on Twitter the other day, and their, just, their suggestion was, like, let's take the 20 guys who, like, get blamed for their team sucking, who shouldn't be blamed for their team sucking. Mm pit them against the 20 guys whose fault it is that their team sucks. So in that case, Chris also, Chris Russell for the All-Star game, yes. On Team B, yeah. Yeah, he can be on Team Suck. Um, yeah. This is what would happen if bloggers took over the NHL. It'd be way more fun. Like, way, way, way more fun. And very much shame-based. <laughs> um, Mike also has a question. The EPL uh, speaker series is coming up, and all of their speakers are women, and he wanted our thoughts. And the speakers that they have lined up for this next year, Jen Kish is one of them, and Arlene Dickinson, which I was sort of like, eh. She's interesting, but eh. She is. I liked what she said when there was, you know, you know who running for mm-hmm. conservative leader, because she was excellent in terms of that narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen um, Kish would be cool. Jen Kish. Anita Sarkeesian from Feminist Frequency. Yeah, I'm I for think. sure will go with that. Um, and Marie Hannon, who's, um, she's a lawyer. Um, and she's, uh, she sees her role not to judge the guilt or innocence of the accused, but to assure that a le- the legal truth prevails, which is an, an interesting way of, and she was a, a newcomer to Canada and sort of looking at that experience, Jen Kish, Arlene Dickinson, and then, uh, Candy Palmator, and I don't know enough about her. I don't her. know who that is. Um, so I think that's cool. I think actually as a speaker series, I think that's super cool. Yeah. That, and like the fact that they got like Anita Sarkeesian to come to Edmonton in January. It's is pretty big. super incredible. Oh, is it in January? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to figure out if I can go to that one. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's really cool that they managed to do that. Um, two days ago, Fake Steinberg also asked, have the Oilers traded cleft bomb yet? <laughs> the answer is no. No. They're probably going to though. So, uh, that's a thing. Um, and Amanda asked us some questions last week. Yes, she did. Um, but we didn't record last week. And so I'm just going to, I did find them last night, but I oh, forgot. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. We had quite a few questions last week, but. Yeah. Fortunately, because of things. Because of t- schedules and stuff. Yes. We just kind of didn't. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, although Amanda had, yeah, she had some good questions and she also had like some really good opinions on the Katsy Campbell thing, which was good. She super did, and yeah. she got into it and I, I like that. Oh yeah, she has a good um, FMK, which made me laugh. Okay. Chris Russell's contract, Chris Russell's shot blocking, and Chris Russell's own goal. Oh, fuck. I want to marry that own goal because that was fucking amazing. Yeah, that own goal's good. Um, I want to kill his contract. Tract. Yeah. Because we will be stuck with it until yeah. the end of the world. And then married the shot blocking. Yeah, because, no, fuck the shot blocking. Because I'm marrying the own goal. Oh, you're marrying the own goal. Because I want to watch that own goal every day for the rest of my Forever. life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I want to watch the own goal and then Kadri's reaction to the goal every day for the rest of my life. Because that was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, if you could be any kind of animal, real, imaginary, or extinct, what would you be? Oh, God. Because you have to be strategic about this. 
about how quickly potentially you could die. I want to be a bear. You just sleep for half the year and you kill shit. Done deal. Sleep and kill shit are on opposite sides of the spectrum. I know, but I like I like sleep, and then there's like a good outlet. Pure rage, and then a good outlet for my rage. Yeah. Oh my god. And not that bear in the weird like lottery commercial who like is hibernating, but then the snow hits, and then he like goes up and leaps around while. Yeah, that's not. No, I just want to hibernate and then murder things. And then just eat until I can't eat anymore, and then sleep. Like a tardigrade, so I'll just last past. All the disastrous humans are going to do to this terrible planet. Sure. Okay. Um, Amanda's other question. Please discuss the need for strong female protagonists in required reading for students. Yeah, very important. Super important. Um, it would be... Um, it's nice to have, like, and, and I noticed this at our school, like, most of the stuff that we have have male protagonists. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is necessarily, and this, this is the thing, though, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Well, for example, for Macbeth, there's a lot of discussion you can have on it about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And how that's an mm-hmm. integral part of why he collapses. Yeah. And, and I think that, it, it's like, I think there's a danger in, in that notion of, like, you know, women only. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? I think that that's just, just as, as bad damaging. as male only. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like there has to be maybe a better balance, mm-hmm. like a little better balance of of the stuff. And I think part of it is just a, a funding issue more than anything. It's like having money to buy the resources yeah. that haven't been taught for 40 years. Right? Yeah. Because we still have a class center at our school of Catcher in the Rye, and until we don't have it anymore, I don't know if it'll ever be replaced if we lose it, but... Does you know. anyone use it? Um, I almost did this year with my 20s, hmm. but then I realized I didn't have quite enough time to do what I wanted to do with it, so I decided not to. Oh, okay. I like it. I like Holden Caulfield. I also think the book is very clever. Hmm. Its narrative structure is fascinating. Because hmm. um, you forget that he's telling you his story from the present, and everything he's telling you is happening in the past. And there's like literally two lines at the very beginning that, that set up that frame. It's kind of similar to Gatsby in that Yeah, way. and I, I like that... Mm-hmm. I like that frame, but like, yeah, I think that I think it's important to have female protagonists for mm-hmm. sure, for sure, and protagonists of all diverse backgrounds if you can. And I also think it's important to have protagonists that like don't necessarily um, ascribe to a singular. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like people are right. Yeah. Like if if the protagonists and the stuff that we teach reflect the people that we see around us, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I think. Um, but I think maybe starting that earlier, I think maybe makes it easier to do that later in school. Yes. Right. So if you have books in elementary schools with girls as the main characters mm-hmm. that everybody reads, not just the or girls POC or... or whatever, then I think it makes yeah. it easier because it's just more normalized mm-hmm. once kids get older. Um, Mike's question from last week was, should we start a Chris Russell for the Ulster game campaign? And the answer is no, unless they change the format. I still haven't voted. I have. Can you vote once a day? Once a day, but God, what a process. Do we have to link, like, your Google or something? You gotta, like, log in and, like, just fuck fuck off NHL. Like, do, like, NBA where you just fucking tweet. Yeah. Or just have, like, a poll on Twitter. Like, why do I have to log in and why do you have to make this so hard on me? Like, what other information are they mining from you is my question. Right? Like, what's that intent? I don't know. To link... And verify. I don't know. I use my damn paper clip email to vote. Though, so <laughs> I don't care. Uh, <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. 
Um, although, let's be real here, Dan Paper's never voted for Taylor Hall. No. So I bucked the trend. Mm. Um, and I think, oh, and then she, Amanda also wanted to know last week what our feelings were on the, the Rico trade. I am still a bit heartbroken about it. I think it's it. a good trade for both teams. Just for reasons. I feel like we're suffering offensively. He's a big loss. Mm-hmm. He's a big loss. But uh, when uh, Andy Green is like your oh, top pair defenseman. Ooh, clef bomb for Andy Green. Done deal. Let's do that trade. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Right. Can we also trade Dry Saddle to the New Jersey Devils? Please. You might have to lose Miles Wood, though. No. Who'd you lose? I don't know. Mason and. Put, uh, just Pace? put, just put, uh, just put Dry at center with Halsey on the left. Yeah, but you gotta lose somebody. She's not gonna lose Miles Wood. Well, who are you gonna lose? I don't know. Gibbons? Sure. And Severson? Done. Okay. I don't even care. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and this if Ray Shira wouldn't take Oscar Clefbaum for Andy Green, I think just on a cap hit basis, that, that would be a win for Jersey. Mm. Never mind, also a win. Is Andy making a lot of money? Yeah, he makes more than he probably should. Yes, that's true. Um... Yeah. Done deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. I'm already thinking about just how beautiful that team would be. I can't even handle that. With who? With Clef and Dry and Hall? Uh huh. And, and Brian Wood? Boyle? And Brian Boyle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can mm-hmm. find me on the Twitter at Meg14, and you can find Kelsey on the Twitter at GarbageFirePod. We have a website <laughs> and an email. GarbageFirePod.wordpress.com is the email. Nope. Or that's is the, the website. website. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what? GarbageFirePodcast? Yeah. Gmail.com is yeah. the email. Got it. Yeah. Um, we're going to throw some stuff up on Teespring maybe soon. Soon. We're waiting on a design. Because we tried a thing, and then it wouldn't let us make t-shirts. No. And we were bad. <laughs> well, but, like, I am i don't know how it knew that. I don't know either. Because it wasn't like we had text in there. Like, it was a text on a graphic. So, anyway. Yeah. I don't know how it caught that, but it did. That's incredible. It's too bad he's not still number four. Because then we could have made the A's fours, and I bet you it wouldn't have caught it. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Oh, well. It doesn't um, make sense. Yeah, it's fine. Well, when we get it out, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have some magnets. We do. They're amazing. We'll put a picture up. We're going to tweet a picture of these magnets. Yeah. And follow our Instagram account, too. Yeah. I'm going to try to be a bit more active about that. God, these are fucking great. Davis, you're a genius. Yeah. Love you forever. Yeah, all of the designs and stuff that we have are from Davis, and he's great. Because we were playing around with some Teespring stuff the last time that we recorded. And we figured out that we can put our two logos on mugs. Yes. One on the front. We're 100% going to do that. The flags are going to be great. Oh, my God. There's a selfish t-shirt that I want just so I can wear it to the gym. (laughs) 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 And by t-shirt, I mean tank top. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, his sun's out and gun's out when stairs around. Yeah. So, yeah, you can uh, (laughs) find us on iTunes. SoundCloud. Stitcher. Google Play. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much for listening to our whatever this was. 
I don't know. We super appreciate it. We got good stuff coming over winter break here. Yeah. When we're a little bit more energized. Yeah. We do have some good plans. And put together as people. Yes. Essentially. We do have some good plans. It'll mm-hmm. be good. So we're probably going to record next week. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. And then probably not the weekend after because you got all your Christmas things happening. Yeah. So we'll take a little Christmas hiatus. And then, yeah, we're going to watch Leap Year, the movie Leap Year. Not the one that's on Netflix. No. We're going to watch the one with Matthew Good and Amy Adams. Yes. And I'm going to rail on their lack of knowledge of Irish geography. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, and just, oh, everything about them. Just terrible and beautiful at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so great. I'm just thinking, like, that, that scene and, like, that bed and breakfast or whatever with, like, the shower. It's going to be great. It's gonna it's be not spoiler. It's not spoiler. No. That's one of my favorite scenes in that yeah. movie. Suggest that you watch ahead of time. Yeah. Just so you kind of know what we're talking about. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I'm not sure where they can find it. We'll we'll get that information for you. I'm sure you can download it off of the internet. Which oh. I think is what we're going to have to do. I was going to say, let's check our enterprising Edmonton Public Library. Oh, yeah. And see if I can request it. Well, look at you go. That's what I do. I was just going to download it illegally. Because we have... Very special people in our lives who work at the library, Megan. Yeah, we do. And we want to support them. Um, and they should come be on our podcast. They should. We should sort that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's all we have. Uh, we'll ask for some questions for next week. Maybe something like semi-Christmas themed. I have sort of an idea. Oh. Yeah. It's similar to our um, uh, Puckstar or Prospector game. Okay. But, like, Christmas-themed sort of things. Oh. Yeah. Don't worry. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, it's fine. It's just, it'll be like that. Speaking of um, Puck Soup or Prospector, um, that worked out super well. And Eric Johnson, who we uh, talked about in our Christmas movie writing, he, like, listened to part of our podcast. And not the hockey player Eric Johnson. No. The actor. The actor Eric Johnson. Canadian Edmonton boy. Yeah. Eric Johnson, proud yeah. son. Yeah, possible future guest. I don't know. We should make that happen, or see if we can make that happen. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be super great. fun. Um, yeah, that's all we have. That's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the dumpster.